We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The baseball season is go, go, go. It's nonstop, relentless for every night, six straight months, and then hopefully another month in October. You also have work, friends, family, and a million other things going on. That's when you reach for a Coors Light. It's made to chill. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. I mean, the mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Is there anything better than opening up your refrigerator after a long day, seeing that icy cold Coors Light can or bottle in your fridge? The answer is no, there's nothing better. That's why when it's time to chill, you choose Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So that's why when you want to hit reset, reach for a beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your hosts, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Bronx Pinstripe Show, episode 295. We have a bit of a different episode today. Andrew is actually up in Vermont skiing for the weekend and had some horrible reception and wasn't able to uh, record for this week. So what we did is we recorded a little bit before he left, and I'm going to take you through some of the news and some of the things that happened over the weekend because we actually did have some some uh, interesting things that happened. And maybe it's just exactly how it should be, right? Me doing a solo episode with freaking Sonny Gray being traded away. Uh, pretty pretty convenient, pretty pretty appropriate, I'd say. Uh, but before we get into some of those some of the news that we have going on this weekend, I uh, just want to take care of some housekeeping and kind of let you guys know how this show is going to work. Uh, I'm going to go through some of the things that pretty much happened this weekend and uh, a couple other news events that happened over the week. But 
right after that, Andrew and I did catch up before he left to talk about Adam Adovino. Obviously, that was the big news of the week. Signed him to a three-year deal, $27 million, $9 million AAV. It was a good deal, and uh, we give our thoughts and pretty much walk through the entire bullpen. It's a dominant bullpen. It's a good signing. Uh, the Yankees spending money in areas that are really going to move this team forward. So I was very happy that Cashman would made the decision to go out there and, and spend money on another reliever because, to me, they needed more pitching. Um, and then after that, we had a, uh, a special guest, Mr. Vic DiBetetto. If you are familiar with Vic, he's a comedian um, in Jersey, New York area. Does a lot of shows locally. Uh, but he also is is pretty infamous for his Yankee tirades after games where he does a, kind of a clubhouse uh, spoof of, of what happens after a game. Uh, in the Yankee in the Yankee clubhouse, so we got Vic on at the end to talk about pretty much anything and everything, uh, and just kind of uh, you know just just shoot the breeze with him about the Yankees off season. So obviously the biggest thing is is uh, that that happened over this weekend was this whole Sonny Gray is he being traded? The the rumors and the reports and everything out there is that there is a deal that is completely done, and if you're listening to this on Monday this may already be complete, but they've agreed to the deal. The Cincinnati Reds, the Yankees have uh, agreed for Sonny Gray to go to Cincinnati. In return, Yankees are getting a draft pick, sandwich pick, and a prospect uh, from AA that is, uh, you know, a guy that has some some pretty good potential, I think. Uh, Shed Long, second baseman, left-handed bat, really broke out in 2016 and is the seventh prospect in the Cincinnati system. So there's some, there's some potential there. I'm not going to go crazy over a, a, of a, a double a player, but again, uh, the seventh, the seventh ranked guy in the Cincinnati system, who's been, they've been stockpiling draft picks as of late. So there's some pretty good talent in that minor league system. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a decent get I'd say for, for what is happening with Sonny Gray, but in true Sonny Gray fashion, and, and being the, the pain in the ass that he's been pretty much the entire time he's been there in, in New York, in the Bronx especially, is they're now negotiating an extension on his contract because he's up after the year. Cincinnati obviously wants to make sure that they can get longer than that for him. And if that doesn't come to fruition, if they're not able to come to that terms for an extension, uh, then they're going to have to either, you know, maybe there's already a negotiation on what is agreeable if he doesn't sign but it sounds like Cincinnati is very very confident in in you know getting him to sign this extension and uh, and moving forward with the trade so it, it pretty much sounds like it's a done deal it's just Sonny Gray pretty much has to not give the nod for this this extension and of course he's hanging this up you know it's uh it's it's pretty pretty perfect in, in the whole way things went down with this kid um, but again they they were able to get something from him and honestly after the season that he had uh, and it's it's a little surprising that he's that you're talking about Cincinnati which is definitely a hitter's ballpark and we saw how Sonny Gray pitched in in New York in a, in a hitter's ballpark didn't work out too well and maybe it was just the pressure probably was just the pressure go to Cincinnati not much pressure there probably you know the the expectations are going to be a hell of a lot lower so maybe it's an ideal situation for the kid right go and walk in there zero expectations let me actually uh pitch well so whatever it is what it is He's going to be gone, and uh, and we can all move on with our lives, and and that's and that's it. Um, my probably one of my most satisfying gifts that I ever made 
was was the one I made for uh, Bronx Pinstripes on Twitter, and I put it on Facebook a couple other places too. Is uh, is is Brian Cashman just spraying Sonny Gray with the hose? Basically, just get out. I don't care how you leave, get out. So that's that's the big deal with Sonny Gray. Um, I'm glad it's over at this point. Like there was a point now toward in the in this off season where the Yankees were adding to their their roster and they are you know they were uh, they hadn't signed out of Eno yet they hadn't gone and signed Britain yet and you're looking at Sonny Gray who's still sitting there and you're like damn you know this guy still does have that that potential that you're seeing and now it wouldn't be for a um, a potential rotation fit but possibly you know a long guy in the bullpen if, if that were his relegated duty in the Yankees system like maybe that would be okay but that's about it and, and again and it would just be a, a possible potential thing but it's hard for me to even talk about it at this point because he burned me so goddamn bad so um say la vie goodbye sunny gray hopefully that is the last time i ever have to talk about you uh but chances are he'll screw this thing up and we'll probably have to look for another person another team to trade him uh to before we move on to the next thing, I want to talk quickly about the uh, BP Crew events. Spring training is March 15th and 16th weekend. That's St. Patrick's Day weekend. We have like six tickets left. I think there's five or six tickets left on the site. So if you are planning to come and you have not bought tickets, I would uh, definitely suggest to go get those tickets on the website. If you go there and the tickets are already gone, shoot me an email because there is a possibility that I could get a few extra tickets from uh, the Yankees down in Tampa. But again, that the deal is uh, March 15th through 16th. It's St. Patrick's Day weekend. We have 50 people right now. It's it, We have 50 tickets purchased um, and they will they will all go. So at least 50 people down there. It's going to be a lot of fun. The It's the Saturday game uh, versus Toronto. It's a one o'clock game and we'll be up in the right field bullpen club. Um, it's a it's a full spread with a, a buffet and the uh, the the ticket's seventy bucks, and it includes your obviously your game ticket, um, the food, and then also they have domestic beer, which is included with the ticket too, and wine and Pepsi products, I think, and anything like that. So it's a it's a very good deal. Seventy bucks, pretty much all you can drink, all you can eat. <laughs> you know, it doesn't get much better than that. And uh, so it's gonna be a lot of fun if you if you're able to make it to spring training that weekend. Also that Friday, they're playing Boston, so it's a really good weekend. Uh, at home, it's a good weekend to uh, to get down there and catch a couple games at the uh, at the Big Stein, uh, and then the BP Crew event. Uh, I'm just going to wing through these. We have five events this year. They're all up on the website. All of them are for sale. April 13th is the first game versus the White Sox. It's a one o'clock game. Uh, May 31st is against Boston. That's a Friday night game. We did one uh, Friday night Boston game last year. It was a lot of lot of fun, big success. We had a lot of a lot of people come out to that one. Uh, June 22nd is going to be uh, this one's a Saturday night game, so this is going to be actually a really, really good time uh, against the Houston Astros. That's, again, um, Saturday at, uh, I think it's 7.15 starting pitch. Then July 20th versus Colorado. It's a 1 o'clock game, I believe. And then the final one is going to be August 31st versus Oakland. Uh, that one is uh, also a 1 o'clock game, and uh, all of these are on Saturday except for the Boston game. So go to the website. You could go to bronxpinstripes.com and just follow the link to the fan shop. And they're all up on the site right now. Um, we are doing the captain's discount like we did last year as well. So if you sign up, if you have a, um, if you captain your crew of 10 people or more, you get your ticket for free. It's on the house. 
Um, if you are the captain of a crew that is five or more, five minimum though, um, you get half off your ticket. So go out, be the, be the person to organize these, uh, this, this group tickets. It's a lot of fun. We've, uh, we'll be doing most of the pregames at the dugout before the game as well, but we also have some things working. I'm talking to some, uh, some other places too, to see if we can't get some, you know, some other, uh, pregames going. So that we may change that a little bit, but as of right now, everything's going to be at the dugout so far. Um, but yeah, I'm excited for that. Last year was a lot of fun and uh, this year is going to be even more fun. The, the other quick thing, Clint Frazier has come around and said uh, he's been cleared for baseball activities. That's awesome news. Uh, so we're, we're starting to see potentially, you know, what, what he's going to be, you know, if he could play baseball and, and go through all of these baseball activities without getting any reoccurring, symptoms from these concussions obviously that's what we're going to be looking for uh, and hopefully he can I, I don't think anybody really will know until he starts running around and you know playing hard and and just seeing how he feels at that point so truly do hope hope he can get into spring training healthy you know have an opportunity to compete because I think this is a big year for him obviously I mean last year was a big year for him too but being that Brett Gardner was signed for a one-year deal and you know very very much with his situation unknown, whether he's going to be the starting left fielder, if he's going to be more of a platoon, Clint Frazier definitely has an opportunity in front of him. Um, I think if he were to come out of spring training and, and be you know playing really well, he has a very good opportunity at that left field spot, or at least a rotation in the outfield of some sorts. So that's that's good news that that he's going to be uh, that he's going to be out there. Um, I, I think that he can add uh, a different dynamic to this lineup too. Unfortunately, you know, the, the construction, if you're a righty lefty guy, it's, he's another right-handed bat, but there's more contact there. I think he's a different type of a, a guy that makes, has a different approach at the plate and can add a little bit of uh, versatility to the lineup, um, add some more contact in there, which is, which is certainly a good thing with the amount of strikeout guys that we have. The Machado saga has just continued to roll on. It's, it seems like this thing is never ending. Now his dad's involved. You know, we're, we're, we got reports that uh, Buster Olney came out and said that this is going to be a seven-year deal, $175 million. That was the, uh, the reported offer by the White Sox. That has since been debunked, apparently, by, the, uh, his, by Machado's agent. And honestly... If you believe that the agent's coming out and saying, "Oh no, that's not that's not it. It's much higher than that. The offer is much higher than 175." I mean, of course, the agent's going to come out and say that. So there's really nobody to believe here, honestly. Uh, who the hell knows what teams are in, what teams have offered, what Machado has has declined or or you know turned his nose up at or, or said that he's got a minimum. The bottom line is, is nobody has a damn clue what's happening with this guy. It seems like this is going to drag on into February. That's that's kind of how it's trending at this point. So we're going to see, uh, well, I'm sure we'll get more drama this week with the, with the Manny Machado thing. But that being said, got to drink some water here. It's talking too damn much. The... Um, the fact that he is is still out there and the fact that Bryce Harper is still out there, you know, there have been some some people talking about the fact that the Yankees are, you know, asking for that draft pick back in the Sunny Gray trade. That's an interesting, interesting move there because, you know, if they're to go after a free agent that um that, you know, is also tied to a a draft pick, uh, like a Bryce Harper type, then, you know, this trade would would in in some 
regards, you know, kind of take place of uh, of that draft pick. So I don't know. It's kind of a conspiracy theory, but it's it's interesting because the Yankees usually don't uh, trade for draft picks. So it is something that's a little bit out of uh, out of out of the element of what Cashman normally does. So I think it's it, it is worth a note at least because it could be something. It could be absolutely nothing, but it could be something for sure. So yeah, Manny Machado, we don't know where, where he's going or what, what is happening there. It does seem like the White Sox um, are, are the serious team. It also sounds like the Phillies are, are, are definitely playing the field and looking around uh, to see as many available options as possible. So I don't know if they're, um, you know, just more focused on, on trying to get Harper and, and uh, kind of taking a, taking a backseat on the Machado uh, signing, but kind of what it sounds like at this point. Um, what else we got here? I got a couple mailbags too, that I, I'd like to get to. I think there's some, some interesting stuff in here that, that, um, that we can talk about the, the fact that now we're, we're kind of entering the, the end of free agency and, um, you know, the Yankees have pretty much and Brian Cashman. It seems like if you look at what the, the, the roster looks like right now, it seems like the roster is relatively put together, you know, barring a trade and something that would be out of the, out of the blue for, for Brian Cashman to swoop in and do something different. I mean, I mean, we all know that, that Stanton came out of absolutely nowhere. Nobody expected that. You know, we know uh, when Stanton was traded for when he was playing with the Marlins, man's a right fielder. We got ourselves a right fielder already. Don't worry about it. Like this kid is uh, a lock in pinstripes for his entire career in right field with Aaron Judge. Still did it anyway. Wasn't a perfect fit, but they they made it work. And obviously um, they saw the value in in making that trade. And I think personally that that trade, the Cashman saw the value in that trade rather than going after these guys in the free agent market. So we'll see where the contracts end up. Um, and how it compares to what the Yankees are going to be paying for the remainder of Stan's contract and see if, you know, Cashman was right with that, that these guys are getting paid a hell of a lot more and the value was with Stanton. Who knows? Uh, but it, it looks like it could be closer than than I think what we all thought with what these contracts are, are rumored to be. But again, who the hell knows, uh, you know, where they end up and how, how any of these reports hold any any water whatsoever. So a couple of mailbags I wanted to read here. That I, I thought were uh, that I thought were interesting. This one's from David Lee Acevedo. He says, "I feel like the Yankees are, even though the Yankees are right-handed heavy, uh, they have a lot of hitters who could spread around the ball around the field." That being said, if you could pick up one lefty on the market uh, or available for a trade, who would it be? So I, I mean, I have not been shy about my my love affair for this one guy, and I, I I think he honestly would be an absolutely beautiful fit for the Yankees. I don't think they're going to sign him, but I think it would be a great fit. I still think Mike Moustakis is a perfect fit for this team. I know the Yankees are still on Greg Bird and still trying to do this experiment. But when I see a guy like Mike Moustakis out there who is only 30 years old, people think he's a lot older. He's not. He's 30 years old. He just turned 30, in fact. and He is a left-handed bat that would, if you're looking for that righty-lefty balance, the guy can rake, uh, and his his game would play very well at Yankee Stadium. He could play third base, he could play first base. He has limited action at first base, but he could play first base. So we could either keep going with this Greg Bird experiment, or 
a guy like Mike Moustakis to me, who also gives you some insurance, some additional insurance uh, at third base if Andujar, you know, doesn't clean up the defense. So there, there are some options there. So I, I, I like that. I think that would be a, a good fit as far as a lefty bat. You know, really aren't very many other impact bats, I think, that are out there that they would even be uh, contemplating. Uh, but I do think that the way that it's going to happen is that Mistakis will sign for whoever loses Machado, not counting the Yankees. So probably the White Sox or the Phillies or uh, probably those teams would be in the mix. Uh, if they didn't get Machado or whomever lost out on him, I could definitely see uh, Mustakis, you know, running right to those doors. But, you know, it, it doesn't. It doesn't seem like it's a it's it's going to happen because the Yankees right now look like Voight, Bird, let the best man win, but obviously they want Greg Bird to win because they want that lefty bat. I, we all want that lefty bat, but he hasn't proved a damn thing. And uh, you know, I, I don't think I could talk about all of the uh, the the what ifs with Greg Bird any longer. Um, the next one is from Steve Hollowettle. He says, with the addition of Adovino, the team has an embarrassment of riches in the bullpen. Is there a chance that any of them get dealt, and who would it be? Canely, Holder, Batantis, his contract is up, and he's rumored to not want to return. I don't know about the rumor of him not wanting to hurt, not wanting to return. I haven't, I have not heard that uh, from from any reputable source or anywhere close to his mouth. So I don't know about that part about it. His contract is certainly up. Obviously, we know the uh, there's been contention with with him and the front office, specifically Randy Levine, in the comments uh, during the arbitration process, and you know them basically not wanting to pay him. So there there is a there is a uh, you know some ruffled feathers there. But you're looking at the other guys. The holder holder to me is a um, you know a possible trade piece. But at this point, you know, what are we trading for? Are you trading for prospects? Because you're not really going to be adding something to this team for one of these guys that's going to impact how you, uh, you know, how, how it's going to affect our, our everyday lineup. It seems like that's relatively set. So I don't know what you'd be getting back for these guys besides, a, um, besides some, uh, you know, a prospect piece. And in that case, you know, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of that. I think Holder's a young player, had a very good year last year. I'd like to see what he can do. He's still obviously very cheap. Um, so to me, it doesn't make much sense to trade a guy like that. Canely is a guy that I think that, you know, they're going to, they're going to see what happens with him coming into spring training. And if he can, you know, remotely look like what he did, a, you know, a year and a half ago, two years ago, when we got him for, you know, right after the trade with the White Sox, if he could be that guy, if he could be a, a strike throwing, you know, machine out there, then, then yeah, that that's, they want that guy. But Canely had, uh, you know, we we know he had the, the dip in velocity last year. He was walking guys when he came up. He, he just, he wasn't right. You know, I don't know if that was injury, if that was, you know, mechanics or, or whatever it was. He had kind of a weird last year with his, you know, with the demotion basically down to AAA. Even after he got pulled back up, they were talking about he was hurt. Then, then Canley saying, no, I'm not hurt. So I don't really know what the hell was happening there. But that would be a guy that they, you know, if there is value built up with him, uh, you know, they could potentially move him. And maybe that that would be uh, something that would happen into spring training where, you know, they can kind of show, hey, this guy, Tommy Canley, is healthy and, and he's getting back to the, the form we all thought he was. If that's the case, then there could be some value there. Um, but other than that, I, I, don't, I don't really see them going out and getting another guy or trading a guy. I mean, because it's a very, very you know, it's a big position of strength right now. Why, why are we going to weaken that for, for some minor leaguers when honestly the, uh, you know, our minor leagues are, are, are 
pretty well stocked at this point. You know, I think the value right now is on the major league roster and keeping those guys. So Matt, Matt Krantz is asking best nickname for Adovino. He says, I vote Doc Ock after Otto, uh, Otto Akavetis. The, and then the other nickname is uh, Red Thunder, and that's for uh, Clint Frazier. He's tweeting out that he doesn't want that nickname any longer, and we need to come up with a new nickname. Look, I, to me, I, I think nicknames got to be given as, uh, as you play. You know, it's got to be relatively natural. I, I don't know. Uh, it seems like an, uh, just, a, just a plain auto is going to be uh, pretty, pretty simple for Adovino. Who the hell knows? Um, Doc Ock. Um, Matt, I don't know, man. I, I'm not. I'm not there on that one. You're gonna have to sell me on that one. Uh, hit, hit me up in the Facebook group so we can, so we can chat more about the uh, about the nicknames. And the last uh, last question is from Landon Thompson. Is there any way that the Yankees held up on the free agent market to focus on next year's class, like Arenado or Trout? One, I, I don't think that the Yankees are holding up because of the potential of signing another guy the next year. I, I don't think that's what's happening here. I don't think they're they're waiting. Oh, if we don't get this guy, well, we can get that guy. There's no guarantees that you can get anybody at any year. So the fact that you're waiting to put all your eggs in one basket. It's just not good business, and I don't think the Yankees are doing that. That being said, they didn't need to go out and get a guy this year. You know, if they 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 believe that uh, they they can see the the correct the amount of strides forward with Andujar's defense, then there's no reason to go out and get a third baseman. If they go into the season and they and they don't see what they want to, and uh, you know, with the defense. And, and you know maybe the they start moving him around a little bit more, and and we start seeing Lemayhu more at third base, or you know whatever it is, then then potentially you know they can look at uh, a guy like Arenado. I think would be would be a fit potentially if if that were if if the whole Miguel Andujar um, situation didn't pan out. But I, I just don't see that. I mean the guy had a tremendous year. Yes, his defense was bad, but you know. We'll see if he can fix it. We'll see if he can clean that up. Because if he's an average defender, then we had, none of us have any problems with it. He was just very below average. So he's got to fix these mechanics. Uh, and and his, his latest video that he posted really wasn't doing, doing him any favors considering we couldn't see a goddamn thing. Uh, you know, he throws the ball and, the, and, the, and the, um, the video cuts are, you know, he's some of the mechanics on, on the ground ball actually look relatively similar with the double clutching and such. So... We'll see from what Aaron Boone was saying that, you know, he went down, he actually made a, a trip down to the Dominican and, and visited with, uh, with these guys and apparently is very happy with the strides that Andujar has made defensively. So Boone being a former third baseman, you know, should know what he's, uh, what he's looking for there. And, you know, if he's saying that, then that, that's, uh, that's positive, I guess. But we all know that going into spring training, we're, we're all sold a whole lot of positivity on every single player. So we'll see. I mean, the, the proof will be in the pudding. We'll see how he plays during spring and uh and see if we can see anything that's that's a, that's different but um you know I, i'm i'm certainly hopeful because i think he uh you know some of the some of the uh the mechanical issues that he had to me look like they could be cleaned up so uh i'm, I'm definitely hopeful with that all right guys that's gonna do it for me uh so the way this is gonna work is next uh, I'm, I'm gonna throw it to the uh, conversation that andrew and i had about Adovino specifically and about the bullpen and then after that we have vic gibetetto is uh, again a comedian in uh, the tri-state area does a lot of sh- local shows and, and listen to the end he'll tell you where he's playing 
in, uh, in the upcoming weeks and months. So, appreciate you listening. It was fun, and I will talk to you guys next week. And of course, NAS are the letters that spell. The Yankees have signed Adam Ottavino. He has been linked to the team pretty much all offseason. This was one of the guys that I had in my offseason plan, Scott. And I'm going to pat myself on the back I was wondering here. how long it was going to take you to bring that up. Not very long. Point two seconds. Yeah. I'm going to pat myself on the back and say I almost nailed this contract. I said two years, $18 million, which is $9 million AAV. I gave him an option for a third year, and he ended up getting the three years, $27 million from the Yankees, $9 million AAV. So... Good job on me. Nice work. Are you in on the conspiracy now? Are you in on the collusion with the owners? Because yes, that was a very a valuable contract, actually, uh, for the Yankees. It was, I'd say, a value in the sense that the the guy that we're, we, if, if if he is that guy from last year, like that's a damn good contract. I mean, he, he was absolute <laughs> filth last year. We talked about this when we compared him to the Robertson. We saw Robertson get. $11.5 over two years from the Phillies, plus another option. And we said, well, what are you placing importance on? Because Adovino was better than Robertson last year. Adovino was better than most relievers last year. But he's also been inconsistent. He's had up and downs over his career. He has not had the long-term sustained success that Robertson has had. So you're getting a little bit of a risk there. But if we're just talking about 2018 performance, I mean, I'm going to fire through some numbers here. 77 and two-thirds innings pitch. He had a 2.43 ERA, a sub-1 whip, .99 whip, and a 5.09 OPS allowed. It's awesome. And he allowed a 4.67 OPS to right-handed batters, so he completely shut down right-handed power hitters, and that's huge when you talk about J.D. Martinez and some of the guys in the American League East. Um, 3.9% barrel percentage and 84.9 miles an hour exit velocity allowed, both near the tops in the league. And um, his pitch mix, um, his slider and his sinker were both excellent pitches. He got uh, f- uh, 37% whiffs on his slider and 24% whiffs on his sinker. I mean, the numbers are staggering on how good he was last year. Yeah, I mean, all you have to do is to, to get a really good feel for how his pitches move is go go on Twitter to uh, Rob Friedman's page. He's at the Pitching Ninja. Uh, I'm sure you're familiar with it if you're on Twitter. Go to his page. He's an awesome follow. But he's got some ridiculous videos of, of Adovino, and he matches up his um, his mechanics with some of his pitches. And you can see that there's just a lot of deception between the, the pitches themselves as well. The movement is is pretty unbelievable. Um, he's changed some mechanics last year, and I think he's he's accredited that to his success. So, I mean, that to me is a is a good sign. And when you're looking at the numbers – and how they change over the years. The fact that he made a mechanical change last year and then had success with that mechanical change like gives me um, more of, of, a, of a positive outlook for the future because you know he's a different guy with the way that he's throwing the ball uh, from, from years previous, and he found success with it. So I, I think it's a very good sign. Yeah, and some of those mechanical issues were helped fix the walks because in 2017, he had a bit of a bumpy season, and he had a 16% walk percentage, which... Uh, was not very good. So he he cleaned that up last year, and the, the numbers absolutely showed that. And, um, you know, when you're talking about the contract, the value of $9 million a year, um, I think the Yankees got him for uh, a reasonable price. 
And I know some other teams are in on him. The Red Sox are certainly in on him because they don't really have much of a bullpen to speak of as of now. So the Yankees add Adovino to their super bullpen. Yeah, I mean it's it's so we've we've looked at the what the bullpen was last year and then you compare it to to this year and there's there's people out there saying, well, you know, it's not much better. The fact is is that when you have Adovino in this pen, if he can, you know, capture some of what he did last year, if he's if he's you know ninety percent or eighty five percent of that guy, then then you're you're I'd say it's a, it's an upgrade. And I know when you're talking about the guy that he's replacing, it's David Robertson. It's a pretty, it'll probably be a very direct comparison when you see the two guys. Um, one, he was signed for less money, which is was surprising to me. Uh, but but two, you then add uh, Britain to the to the bullpen for the entire year. I mean, they they got him what uh, like July twenty fifth or fourth, something like that last season. And he's also over a full year removed from surgery now. So we're getting a healthy Zach Britton throughout the entire year. The bullpen is better. It's much better. You have another Would year you, with, with uh, Jonathan Holder, who to me got, you know, was, was just phenomenal last year. And another year of maturity and just figuring things out. That's a good thing. Would you agree with this statement? The bullpen, worst case scenario, is as good as it was last year, but in all likelihoods, better than it was last year. I mean, I definitely think that. Uh, right. When, so, when I look I mean, at the guys, I think it's, it's, it is better. I mean, from, what from you're the beginning, is, from April, it's better. So what you're just he- hearing and seeing, and I'm seeing the same shit, is just the, the fans who, no matter what the team does, if it does not say, have signed Machado or have signed Harper, they are unhappy. Right. The fact is, this team has added a lot of really, really nice pieces. That, yeah, I went through it today. That, that fit added, this team amazingly, and and have they've actually looked at you know deficiencies and problems that 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 they came up with last year that held them back, and they've addressed these problems in multiple ways. So, you know, I, I don't know. I, I just I can't really I can't really feed feed the troll anymore because it's it's just it's gone too far. If you can't see that this team has improved, that Brian Cashman has gone and filled in uh, holes and, and areas that needed improvement, and he's gone and addressed those needs, then then you know you're not looking at this team with your eyes wide open because that's exactly what's happened. Right, I went through it today. They've added 51 million dollars through free agency for payroll in 2019 between Hap, Britain, DJ LeMahieu, and today with Adovino. That's 51 million dollars added to the payroll next season just from free agency alone. So I understand it's not the Machado or Harper $300 million signing, but that doesn't mean they haven't improved the team through signing players. So it, it, it's just annoying. It, it, it's, it's fans that are, uh, they treat it like it's MLB The Show 2019. Right. No, it's true. That's, it's absolutely true. And just because we don't sign that guy doesn't mean it's a, a, not a successful offseason, you know, one of the big guys. And also, it doesn't mean our team is worse either. As a, as a collective whole, they have filled spots that maybe that money was going to, that would be used on one guy. They've maybe, they've filled two to three, maybe four spots now with the money. It's a lot of money that you could use in other ways. There's a reason right. why you see sports in some sports, especially the ones with the cap. And don't get this wrong. This luxury tax is becoming a cap. It's exactly what the owners want. But when you see, when you see huge contracts for a large amount of time, uh, time and you see it with quarterbacks all the time in the NFL, it's hard for them to, to, to get a, a, a crowd around them that will make the team better. Yeah, that guy's a stud, no doubt about it. But if you're going to spend all the money in one basket, you better, you better already have uh, you know, the pieces in place. And you know the Yankees were a good team last year, but I thought they needed improvement in certain areas. And those areas that they needed improving on, 
I didn't think third base was a huge one of them. Brian Cashman <laughs> is addressed. So the, the, I don't the, know what more to briefly, say on it. You briefly mentioned that the luxury tax is becoming a salary cap is exactly what the owners want. That's sort of like a, a longer term topic we, we need to discuss mm-hmm. because I don't know if you've seen all of the the articles and everything just saying that I don't see any other way this is going other than an MLB strike. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's becoming – at one point when you had um, – uh, Donald Fair is the Fear is the top of the 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 pro, the players association. Like they were a very strong organization, and I think over the the last few collective bargaining agreements, you're seeing the owners now, you know, slowly get more leverage. And when we're watching the contracts, it's it's not necessarily. I mean, a lot of people are yelling collusion, collusion. The owners are are not doing this. Well, yeah, I guarantee. First of all, the owners are talking. Pretty sure that happens all over the place in every industry possible. But there were also some very, very bad contracts that were signed. And they're looking back at that and they're like, wow, we shouldn't have done that. That was really stupid. That was setting the bar. Now we have precedence. <clears throat> Jacoby Ellsbury. Yeah. There's a lot of them. Chris Davis. You know, you're having a lot of these contracts that were just not good business. And yeah, when you do that, smarter. you learn from it. And that's what's happening. There is a regression to the mean because the, the high contracts... The majority of the high contracts, there are some that have been that have been uh, successful and have worked out, but the majority of them have not worked out. So, yeah, I understand revenues that the highest uh, that it that it has been in a long time. the The owners are pocketing a ton of money, but they were also at one point throwing away money on stupid contracts that we were all like, "Why is this money going out the door?" Uh, to to guys like I, like I can't even imagine what the Orioles fan base saw when they signed Chris Davis for the contract that that he signed. I mean, I just. It would have it would have driven me away from baseball probably. Uh, getting back to Adovino, so he grew up a Yankees fan. He's from Brooklyn. There was some pictures circulating Twitter today uh, on the day that he signed of him at Yankee Stadium um, and, and all that kind of good stuff. So we we made such a big deal about uh, Patrick Corbin growing up a Yankees fan. It turns out the guy who was secretly the Yankees fan all along is Adovino. And I think the number one question we want to know is what number is he going to wear because he wore number zero. In Colorado, and the Yankees have never given out a number zero. Yeah, that's interesting. I don't. I mean, if there's a if there's a huge reason behind why the Yankees are doing that, um, I, I they probably and they've and they've lasted this long. It's probably not gonna probably not gonna stick it, uh, you know, and and break it with a, a guy like Adam Adovino. But who the hell knows? I really don't care what number he wears as long as he comes in throwing those wiffle balls. That's all I care about. That's that's all what, I want to see. What about number three? Definitely not going to be number three. He, they should just give it to him because he's better than Babe Ruth. Yeah, he can anyway. strike him out. I mean, look, I, I still, I still hold to this. This will be, uh, it will be ugly. It will get ugly if he's not the guy that we think he is, uh, based on some of the comments that he's yep. made. This shit will come back to him and and bite him in the face. Um, granted, I understand like these comments were made in jest, sort of. They were, they were like snarky look comments, um, t- very trolly comments, if you will. But at the same time, it doesn't matter in what context they were because nobody cares about that. They see what's printed and that's it. So I, well, I really do hope that he is as good as, uh, as we, we think he can be. Well, what I care about is Araldis Chapman, Dylan Batances, Adam Adovino, Chad Green, Zach Britton, and Jonathan Holder. Because yeah. that is an absolutely filthy bullpen. And there were some numbers uh, tweeted out today. Their strikeout percentages in 2018. Chapman, 43.9%. Batances, 42%. Adovino, 36%. Green, 31%. Britton, 20%. He's a ground ball pitcher. Holder, 22%. I mean, this, this bullpen is just going to be a strikeout machine, which is exactly how Brian Cashman has designed his bullpens the last 
pretty much four years, right? This is when it really started was back in 2015. It's it's not only that, but it's it's also it's also a a, a a bullpen that gets ground balls too. You know, we're we're not seeing a ton of home run guys in this bullpen, and that's a huge deal, especially when you're playing in the small parks in Yankee in, at uh, Yankee Stadium in the in the AL East. So I love this bullpen. I love the construction of it. Boone has a bazillion options in any way. He's got he's got uh, you know guys who can put out fires in every inning, and he's got multiple of them. So. You know, the fact that we have all those guys that you mentioned, plus there's a ton of other guys with Canely and Tarpoli and Herman, Loizaga, Acevedo, Sessa, I, probably not going to be Sessa, but uh, Ben Heller. <laughs> there's a lot of guys not like gonna that. Be, uh, let's say it's not going to be Luis Sessa. There's a lot of guys that, that now have, um, you know, the ability to develop in the minor leagues as well and, and to come up when they're needed and not hopefully, you know, we can stay healthy. Granted, we all know injuries happen every single year. There, there is a good amount of talent still that can come in and fill in some spots. So I feel very good about this pen. I just don't care if you're the biggest Machado or Harper Homer. You cannot, with an objective eye, look at the 12 pitchers that are going to be on the Yankees roster next season and say they're not better than last year. It, it, it's, it's almost night and day with how much they've improved the pitching staff top to bottom. Is it the Madison Bumgarner, Clayton Kershaw ace? No, it's not. But it doesn't mean that the pitching staff overall hasn't gotten better. And it, it, it's infuriating to, to watch people say otherwise. James Paxton very well could be an ace. <laughs> Let's not forget that. James Paxton has that stuff. He's got we, that I, stuff. I, I don't know about you. I still believe Severino. And Severino, yeah. Are we ace. forgetting about the guy that's, that, that was dominant? I mean, dominant for the first half of last year. Dominant. So, yes, there's there's a lot. And and by the way, oh, by the way, Tanaka threw one of the hardest hit, uh, one of the hardest pitches to hit in the major leagues in the second half of last year too. You know, we got right. some pretty good guys on the on the uh, on the team and in this rotation. Boom. I'm sitting in the crib dreaming about Lear Jets and Coops. The way salt shoots and how to sell records like Snoop. I'm interrupted by a doorbell. 352. Who the hell is this? Joining us on the podcast now is Vic DiBattetto. And uh, Vic, I'm pretty sure I said that correctly. Is that right? Yes. And I know there's going to be a good interview just by that introduction. Thank you. <laughs> Um, well, you are a, uh, obviously a Yankees fan and I was told by Russell, your manager, the first question I need to ask is why the hell are you a Yankees fan since you were born in Brooklyn? Well, it's really simple. My father was a Yankee fan and you know, he passed away in 88 and, uh, I got to keep the tradition going. Took me to my first game in the cathedral of baseball, which to this day, I have no idea why they knocked it down. And I sat in the bleachers and stared at Joe Pepitone's back. And the needle was hooked, and I've just been a fan since. I don't know how much frustration has gotten into uh, through the years. I mean, they've been a – this team has given us championships and, and given us a lot of very good things, right? And I know in a lot of the videos that you put out, uh, we're, we're doing the – you're doing the clubhouse, essentially acting as the manager, right? And and you're talking to these guys. And I know over the past couple of years, there's been ultimate frustrations. RN2, we've been doing this show now for, for three plus years. It drives us insane sometimes what we see. What is, what is, what's one of the biggest things that, that's been you know, on your mind for these press conferences and what got you to the point of like, this is, the, this is the way I need to do this. I need to act like I'm addressing the team so that I can vent because it feels like it's therapy for you. Yes, it is. Because let's face it, Yankee fans, we're spoiled. That's you know, true. any other uh, any other fan of any other team would kill to be in opposition. 
Now, here we are. We got 27 rings, and we're still not happy. But, but that's how we were brought up, you know? And, and I'm tired of these people saying, oh, Steinbrenner bought the series, and that's why they, you know, we've dominated since the 20s. You know, so please, just stop with that. I mean, it's, it, it's like the more successful you are in anything, you know, I wish people would say, people, no team is hated more than the Yankees. You know, do me a favor, just, just, just give us a little recognition, a little respect, you know. I don't like the Red Sox. I don't like the, the Patriots, but I respect them. That Those are good teams. The better team won this year. And it's the greatest rivalry in sports. You know, I'm old school. I'm 57. Don't start with the pitch count and the lefty-righty nonsense. It's just, I know, give me Billy Martin. I'm old school. I know the game has changed. I know that. I'm trying real hard, but it's, it's, it's ridiculous. You know, and now with Machado and, and Harper, we don't need them. We need pitching. Now we just got <laughs> Octavio, which is good. I like that. I you know, I'm, it's all, it always boils down to injuries. These guys, they get hurt opening up the freezer during the winter and a hamburger falls on their left meniscus. They, they pull muscles I've never heard of. You know, Lou Gehrig played with fevers, broken bones. Mickey Mantle was drunk and eating hot dogs. Would you just, just play ball? Enough with this. And no kidding aside, I'm glad CeCe's okay. Right. right. Yeah, we discussed that on our last episode. There was a, I think he said that if he had gotten on a plane to London, he would have died. So uh, yeah, I'm happy the big man's okay. Scary. But you, you had and mentioned. I love what he did, what he, what he did with Tampa Bay when he threw the guy. Oh, of course. Guy. I love that. I love that. You don't see that anymore. Yeah, I mean, that's why Sabathia, that's that's one of those contracts that's just worked out tremendously because he feels like a real Yankee. Obviously, he won the championship, but he also will tell somebody to, uh, that's for, tell somebody that's for you, bitch, which is why we as right. fans love him. We, what we should have did, we should have did that to Ortiz every time he came to the plate. We, I, every time I watched us face Ortiz, I'm like, why don't they throw the ball at this guy's head? He's, he's a Yankee killer. They, I mean, that's, that's the same what thing Pedro with, used to do. It was it was Ortiz and Manny. They would never throw at these guys. It was uh, it was yeah. it was one of those things that would drive me insane. Why why Tory would look over yeah. there and say, "I'm not throwing at these guys. Get them off the plate. Throw put a little something in the back of their minds." Right. And it never happened. And it, that that used to drive me absolutely insane. So well, no, because that's that, not the Yankee way. <laughs> but it, uh, you know what else drives me nuts when they don't bunt against the shift. I'll never understand that. The, I'll tell uh, you why. I'll tell you why. They don't know how to bunt anymore. That's the reason. Exactly. When you, when, I know that. When they're, when they're playing in the lower leagues, they're talking about launch angle and they're talking about all this other crap and they're not working on uh, some of the fundamental things. So when you get some of these guys, you're about to get an old guy talking, just like yelling at each other here. But uh, they shake, you know, they're, 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 they don't have the skills. They, you, you, I would love to see some of these guys play Pepper now. They wouldn't do it. They couldn't uh, do it. Pepper. Oh, my God. Uh, small ball. We're always swinging for the fences. Yeah, no. I, I don't get it. I, 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 they should, you know, you know, like on what's that show uh, where they vote for the, the Lifeline? Uh, who wants to be a millionaire? They should hook up. Like, let the fans make the decisions. Hook up uh, the things oh, in the no, seats. Jesus Christ, I, I don't want that. Though. Could you imagine that? Uh, yeah, no, I, I cannot that imagine thing. that. I mean, the games are long enough as they are. I can't, I can't take that for 162 games a year. <laughs> there, there would be there'd be way too many Twitter voices coming on there and and and, and you know yeah. lobbying, lobbying for utterly ridiculous things. But see, that's yeah, 
That's one of the things we wanted to talk to you about because you are pretty active on Facebook, uh, on Twitter and social media, but you don't right. seem to muck it up with all of the ridiculous takes out there, do you? Well, I don't, what do you mean? I don't really like, I don't, like you get all the mean? outrageous, all the outrageous fans with all their all their different hot takes about whether Boone's making the right decisions or what who Cashman is signing if Machado, if the Yankees are going to sign Machado, just the whole Yankees Twitter shit. You seem to stay a little bit on the outskirts of that. Yes, I try to be informative and keep everybody happy. I never try to put other teams down. You know, it's it's a fine line on 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 the Instagram and the social media. It's because people are crazy. You know, it's I don't talk politics because you're going to lose half your audience. I just try to be funny. I try to make and unfortunately, the worse the Yankees play, the funnier those videos are. Yes. Oh, we always say that it's always easy to do a podcast after a loss. Exactly. I mean, when Mark Teixeira was playing, I forget it. I went off on him and, you know, how he's always injured and stuff. But, uh, you know, I just I just want to win this year. I want to have a nice year with it. With, out, of the, out of the gate, we're in first place all year. I, those damn Red Sox, man. They're a good team. We, we Man, we got us. I'm not a big Boone fan, you know. I wasn't a big Girardi fan. Why aren't you a big Boone maybe fan? Maybe at a... No, not me. No, but why? Why? Why is that? Is it because he didn't have any experience, or like, did you, or did you make that based on what you saw last? Well, night? yeah, that's one reason. Another reason, you, you're probably gonna laugh at me. Why can't he wear the goddamn uniform? <laughs> and that pisses me off. He looks like he looks like a model for models. Wear the freaking uniform. You know who else didn't know, wear I the uniform? That, I know that's trivia. I know that's stupid. But well, they, I don't know. He just. No, no, None listen, of these guys have balls stupid. anymore. They don't have balls anymore. Grow a pair of balls and do something different. Let's see some small ball. You know, it's so, it's so, so predictable. Nothing, nothing is stupid. If if it, if it angers you, he didn't wear the uh, the uniform. I totally get that. I I think that he uh, he certainly. I, both Scott and I all season tried to be objective about it. Um, but there, there were certain things I don't think he did well, like especially in the playoffs with all the pitching change stuff. Uh, I just, I just uh, think that the he we've talked about this a million times, but he's really just following a playbook, and I really think that a lot of the decisions, whether they're lineup or or, or in game pitching Cashman. changes or whatever it is, it's coming from Cash Cashman in the yep. front office department. Yeah, and you know Boone is there because Cash uh, Cashman obviously liked him. He wants him to answer questions yep. to the media. And hopefully he can be a good uh, clubhouse relationship type guy with all the young players. He's a puppet. Remember the Godfather, the logo? He's a puppet. He's got the strings. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't necessarily. Girardi had the. Girardi, what was your beef with Girardi? What was your beef with Girardi? He had had the the binder, the book. book. To me, that's more aggravating than. The book down. Yeah, no, it was, it was he had his own rules. They were self-imposed, right? Like he had a he we we all knew what his rules were, but he wrote the he wrote the uh you know the words in that book. See, I, I as the season went on, I saw some other things for Boone. We saw some him growing as a as a manager, and I still think that, you know, taking a a, a broad look at what he did his uh, first year, first year ever managing anything. Like, you know, we, we got to see how this guy does the second year. I don't necessarily think it was Don't all, forget we want we won 100 games. You know, we had a great year, but the Red Sox had an insane year. The Red Sox had a perfect season, yeah. and they kicked yep. our ass in the playoffs. And that's all anyone's yep. going to remember is losing 14-1, to one, whatever the hell the score was, in Game 3 of the yeah. LDS. He was, uh, I mean, the well, Red Sox... We need history, let's hopefully history repeats itself. <laughs> yeah, that, 
They were sweeping the Breckenrights. I was just up in Boston. I do a lot of shows in Boston. It, you know, like we mentioned before, there's that fine line. You know, I got to, as much as I hate the Red Sox, I got to respect them. You know, you know they, they were with a better team. What are you going to do? And that's, I can't, I can't stand these nine-year-olds, these guys that act like, Yankees suck, Red Sox suck. Would you just shut up? Just, just come on. It's the greatest rivalry in sports. It got back to it a little bit this year, which is something that we uh, everyone was happy about yeah. with, with the brawl early in the season and then meeting in the playoffs again. I think we're set up for something fun for the next couple seasons. Yes, absolutely. What's his name? Austin? Tyler, Tyler Austin. Austin. Yeah. yeah. Over in Minnesota now. Yep. The good thing is, is that we have having some, a great. Was he young, having a great year? He was he was having a good year, yeah, and then he went no, over and had, he has an opportunity now. You know, uh, he didn't really have much of an opportunity. He he exhausted, I think, his opportunities with the Yankees, um, but. We have some young guys that have a little bit of juice now with, with the with the other Red Sox players, the whole the whole Aaron Judge thing. What'd you think about that? Aaron Judge coming out there and actually stepping out of his shell a little bit, playing the uh, uh, the the you know. I, some I gotta Sinatra. be honest. I gotta be honest. I wasn't happy with that. I yeah. mean, he should have did it after we win, after it's said and done. Then after you do the it. Series is why why wake a why wake a sleeping giant? I think that kind of riled them up. I mean, it certainly you know, did. Now we're going to get it. When we go back to playoffs. Fenway, when we go back to Fenway, they're going to they're going to play that song every time he gets up. They're going to shove it in our faces. Yeah. Why give them some? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but but at the same time, it, you know, it's it's all it's also shame on the Yankees for coming and getting their asses kicked at home after they go and take a game from. Uh, you know, I, I'm exactly. Not, I'm not looking at it as the Red Sox came in and just you know were uh, that much of a better team and beat them. The Yankees. Laid down in that game. It was it was it was an embarrassment. What happened in that game? And and you know I I, would, I didn't expect that from Judge. I mean you wouldn't see Jeter doing that. I thought Judge had a little more class than that. I, I don't know. I wasn't happy about that. Yeah, you know, Jeter are never play, did are, we gonna, are they going to play? Are they going to play Sweet Caroline when they beat us? You know, it's just just win. I you know, not, Sinatra. I, I can't handle that song. Success anymore. is oh please, but they don't that they don't realize that was written by a Brooklyn boy. You know, I, I used to love the song. I, I can't handle it anymore. You know, it was it was. It's I know when I hear that at, at a wedding, yeah. I cringe. I cringe when I hear that at a wedding or something. So uh, you mentioned earlier that uh, you're not a fan of possibly signing Machado or Harper, right? We don't. We don't need them. You know. Look, hey, look. I guess if we got them and they did good, I would turn around. Oh, I'm so, I don't know. But, we need pitching. We need a nice ace. Machado, I, I just can't stand these, these what Phil Rizzuto used to say, these hot dogs. They're hot dogs. Just play ball. What did he do in the World Series? He wasn't, you know, it's, if he wasn't an idiot, I would love to have him. I just hate <laughs> these. Yeah, yeah. Jesus, like Odell Beckham, the man. He's the most talented idiot on that team. You know, just, just, just play ball. Set up, be a role model instead of a moron. Right, and and you, and you you always have to worry about signing someone to two hundred fifty plus million dollars. I mean, the guy's not hustling. Exactly, the guy's exactly. not hustling when he's going for a contract. What's going to happen when he actually signs the contract? So no, I, and I understand both sides of it. Um, I understand the fans who want him because he's one of the most talented players we've seen in a long time, and he's still right. only twenty six. But I also understand that the Yankees have done a hell of a lot to improve the team so far. They've added Adovino today, Britton, Paxton, yep. Hap. DJ LeMay, we got a hell did, of a bullpen. We got yeah, a hell bullpen of a bullpen. bullpen is going to be unhittable. So the, the team has improved over a hundred win season last year, and I just feel like people are missing that point. 
So all we need is a starting pitcher to go what four innings, and then the rest of the game we get the bullpen. What's your take on that? What's your? I've I've seen you bitching about the uh, the bullpenning. You're uh, I know you're not a huge fan of pull the starter ASAP. No, if the guy why fix what's not broke? If a guy's pitching good, leave him in. Leave him in. How many times have we seen the, the manager pull the guy in, and then he, that's it? The relief pitcher comes in. And this pitch counts. Yeah, man, I forgot who it was when I was growing up. Some pitcher pitched a doubleheader. It's probably I, Nolan Ryan. I forgot I mean, who it Nolan was. Ryan would throw until his arm fell off. Yeah. Um, and there you go. It still has. There you go. You don't but, see that anymore. They just they just pamper these guys. The, this just there's so the much whole, there's so much goddamn money involved that they're they're trying to pamper them because of they're trying to yeah. do that. But I think at the same time, like when you when you limit a guy like that, that you can actually uh, you know. You're, you're not conditioning him to pitch longer, which also could create more injury. So, but uh, I mean, right, a guy that exactly. has been injured, unfortunately, in the past, but has shown some some big potential, and that was the trade that they made. That Cashman made went out and did get a starting pitch. He addressed that with uh, with James Paxton from Seattle. So we're getting a guy over here now that that's a big dude, Canadian guy. You know, is a is a is a uh, old school mentality guy where he wants to go as right. long as he possibly can, and he's got all the talent. No, in the that world. was a good. That was a good deal. That was a good trade. I like that. Right. We just got to hope that it turns out differently than the Sonny Gray stuff because they tried to do that the season before, acquire a young starting uh, pitcher who Sonny we thought Gray. was going to be good. We, and he just wilted. Have he Sonny wilted. Gray. Is he still <laughs> on the team? As of this, yes. Yes, as of today, oh. he's still on the team. But it, as of all reports, it might not be for very long. You know, on days when he would pitch, I would wake up and I'd be miserable knowing that he was pitching. My wife couldn't even talk to me on days Sonny Gray pitched. You know, Scott predicted 20 wins for Sonny Gray last year. That's what he should have had. Uh, stupid bastard. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know, we, it we, wasn't an outlandish prediction stars. in the beginning of the season. We get stars, and they become bums. We give away bums, they become stars. I, I don't get it. Why do you think that is? Do you think it's like the whole New York media? Some, well, do you remember Ed Whitson? Uh, no. no. He couldn't. He could. Uh, that. that how how young are you guys? Holy shit! I'm 15. <laughs> <laughs> well, you sound like a very mature 15. Uh, Ed no, I'm Whitson 30. couldn't pitch in New York. He couldn't pitch in New York. Some people they can't play in New York. It's the biggest stage, you know. You know, if you can make it here, you can make it anywhere. I don't think Sonny Gray could pitch. I don't know. Who the hell knows? Javier, Javier Vasquez. Guy. I mean, Sonny Gray is becoming Javier Vasquez version two. The second time he came back. Can't, yes. can't pitch. I mean, Javi Vasquez was yep. was uh, a phenomenal pitcher before the Yankees uh, acquired him, and then then all of a sudden he comes to New York and he's a, a you know a shell of himself. And that's what Sonny Gray. Sonny Gray Just was amazing. Sonny Gray was the type of guy that that was. Um, I heard this on CC's podcast actually. CC and Ruko when they had Sonny on at one point, that he was telling them they were asking him. They said, "Who who keeps you accountable? Who's the who's the person that you call?" Or that will call you after a bad game and say you were terrible. You you didn't you didn't do this. You didn't do that, and you'll accept it. You'll take it. CC was like my mom. My mom calls me, and she can tell me anything she wants. Sunny Sunny said, "I got nobody. Nobody. There's nobody that that does that to me. What are you talking about? Nobody calls me and says I'm bad at things. He's never had it. He's never had well, accountability. Maybe maybe I should get his number. I, I think you should. I think that would play well." I don't know, you know, who knows? Maybe he'll turn around and have a great season. I don't know. But I don't know. You can't predict this game. Yeah, that, that's that's the fun and also the torture of it, right? 
Yeah, who always says that? John Serling? That's can't it. predict baseball, can't, Susan. That's a, that's you a can't John predict Sewing baseball, concert. Susan. Yeah. So, uh, what, so speaking you, of so, Susan Waldman, how the hell do we have... I got nothing against women broadcasting, but can we get a woman who doesn't have the Boston accent? I mean, come on. She grew up in Newton, Massachusetts. She used to go to yeah, Fenway Park. Every- having, that's like having me calling the Red Sox games. She sang the yeah, national anthem at Fenway Park. <laughs> During the playoffs or the World Series, I think it was one of the two. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. God no, I, I think she's I a real she Yankee fan at this point, though, right? She's been adopted into the Yankees family at this point. Do you uh, do you listen to any sports radio in in, in the city? Are you a fan of either of the stations? Uh, Michael K. Now and then I watch it on the on TV yeah. once in a while at the three yeah. o'clock show. Not not, not too really, much though. Uh, Try and stay away from it. Yeah, I, you know, this, every day I go to my news feed on Facebook. It's Machado, Harper, did we get them? They're in talks. This It's like a soap opera. I just can't wait for the, 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 the season to start already. Enough with the talk. Yeah, I'm with you. The, the, whole, the whole free agency stuff has been insufferable. It's, it's just too damn oh long. Oh, my God. What was the, the latest one now? The White Sox made an offer, but not a... His agents are uh, saying it's not true. Yeah, supposedly they made him a $175 million offer, and then some other other reporters are saying that is not accurate. It's much higher than that, but they still haven't said what the actual numbers are. And then Machado's agent is calling out Buster mm-hmm. only on Twitter. It, it's it's honestly, like you just said, it's a soap opera. It's like, it's, yeah. like thir- it's like 13-year-olds throwing shit at each other. It's crazy. And every time Yes posts something, I don't even – I put the, the violin symbol. Because it's it's the same story. It's like it's like the, the, the violin. That's so easy. I don't even post the comp. Just put the violin. Yeah, you can't you can't get you can't get wrapped on it, up in it too much. But the problem is, it's it's all that's going on right now. And if you're if you're a big baseball fan, there's nothing else to talk about right now. Well, when is the deadline? When will we know where who goes that's, anywhere? That's, that's the, the thing. Problem. There is no deadline. That's the problem. That's what we were talking about this Jeez. last week. Can we have a deadline? Give me a January tenth yeah. deadline. Done. Right, exactly. For all of our sakes, not not just for the players, but for all of our sakes, for watching and reading and having to, to deal with social media in today's age, please just give us a deadline. So this could go all the way to spring training and opening day? I think February yep. 10th, or some, somewhere around there is when uh, there, there were guys still signing. Uh, this, is, this is definitely, oh. this definitely I mean, could go some for guys, almost another month. Some guys last year had wow. to report to camp late because they signed pretty much right up, right up against spring training. Oh, boy. So well, we who shows up from pitches and catches? They all better show up this year. I'm really interested in Gary Sanchez because I know he's better than that. I don't know. Yeah, what did you think of the loafing? What did you think of his loafing last year? Uh, uh, very disappointing. You know, that, that game in Fenway, when he hit that home run, I got all excited. Who knows? He, I, he lost some weight, I saw. Let's yeah, see. but I, mean, I feel Pudge, like every uh, Pudge Rodriguez was coaching him or something. I don't know. <laughs> the the weight thing though, like some if you can handle the weight, you can do it because look at the Molina boys. They they were all a little pudgy right. and they, they were they were like yep. cats behind the plate. So yep. if if he's fat but he can still block the ball, I don't really care. I mean, he's got a good arm. He's he just those pass balls. We got to stop at that. It's just, and I'm tired of these these certain catches. Got to go with certain pitches. Uh, Enough. We're a team. We're a team. If you're, who's your, uh, who's your opening day first baseman? Oh man! Wow. Are you given? Are you given uh, Mr. Greg Bird uh, his five thousandth chance? Are you, are you, do you think that that's still there? Because everybody wants it to be there. 
Or are we going with uh, you know riding riding around God. Luke Voigt's car? I love Luke Voigt. Luke Voigt. Luke Voigt. Luke Voigt. I love him, but you know, gee, like you said, how many chances do we give these guys? I think they're going to keep giving Greg Bird chances. He still has that sexy left-handed bat that everybody wants in the three spot. Uh, well, maybe we'll have a hot spring training. I don't know. I don't oh, know. he definitely will two? have a hot spring training. We, That's Greg Bird's mo. Yeah. How about we platoon them? Can we platoon them? Sure. Yeah, I think we might see some of that. That's yeah. Probably what's going to happen. Although at the same time, I would rather, I would rather um, one of them just take the job by the balls and 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 go with it because. If that does yes, happen, that means we got a guy who, who wants to play and is, is playing to his potential. And I think Luke Voigt right now has a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. Nobody thought he would be anything. He knows that, that Bird right. was the anointed one, and he comes in, and, and you right. know, Bird, Bird can't even make eye contact with him at this point. No, I agree. I agree. Uh, I tell you, well, these are good problems to have, I guess. Right. Yeah, they're Medi- all mediocre problems. problems, I'd say. <laughs> Yeah, the Greg Bird problem might be considered not so good, but uh, yeah, the, the rest of the problems, the team's in, in overall good shape. Um, what are your, uh, what do you feel about Stanton's first year in the Bronx? Well, a little disappointed, you know, uh, the, the playoffs, he was a horror, but when uh, Judge was out, he did, you know, Come to the come to the table, but you know, let's see what happens next year. Maybe he's, he's got to get it out of the jitters. Another guy, you know, he came from the Marlins to, to the Yankees. I mean, that, that's a culture shock. So I'll give him another chance. I like him. He's got a good, you know, good attitude. Not a hot dog, but he, he's got he's got to step up, man. He's got to step up. He he's definitely a no nonsense guy, and he and he owns things when he does them. Uh, you know, whether it's good or right. bad, he doesn't. He doesn't mess around, and I and I do like the fact that the way that he carried himself last year, I thought was was yes. a, pl- a plus. I mean, and and exactly. that to me that 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 gives me gives a guy more leeway in my book. You know what I mean when I'm watching? Yes, absolutely. And, and so you, I mean, you I'd see rather, some of these. I'd rather, yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no. You just see him chopping at wood all the time, and you're like, I don't know how you made it to the major leagues, but then you see him go on a tear for three weeks, and he's hitting you know 15 to 20 home runs, and you're okay. The guy makes unbelievable contact. So it's. It's crazy when you when you see the the good and bad. It's like John Stark shooting the three. Some days he's there, and then you see him gone for four weeks. Yeah, I know. It's it's like that. It's like that bipolar sometimes. These guys. Well, he started to pick it up once he got furniture in his apartment, but then he started to suck again towards the end of the year. So maybe someone robbed him. I don't. We never really got an answer. He was on that. he was he was rooming with a Met, so probably someone right. robbed him. Right. Oh boy, yeah. <laughs> who was he rooming with? Oh God! I don't he was some relief name, pitcher. Was... He used to play with him in in Miami, and I, I'm drawing a blank on the guy's name from the Mets. Yeah. Oh, I think I I know what it is. I forgot. Yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, but um, so you're uh, overall feeling pretty good about this off season. Just looking forward to the season starting. Yeah, I'm not for ready now. Now we're getting, it's getting. I'm getting antsy now. You know, now I'm getting antsy. You know, the football's almost over. I just want to. I love baseball. I love going to the stadium even though it's not like the old one i just like turning on the game it's nice i just let's start enough with the hype let's play ball let's have a great year and let's win the damn series again this is something i've asked a bunch of people other than the fact that it's just not the old stadium where all of the the history happened what there is something about the new stadium that just something's quite missing do you what is it in your opinion 
what's missing? The, the, believe it or not, the, I like the old poles, but you couldn't see anything. It had, it had character. <laughs> right. It's you missing know, a little now, bit now of the character. Now, we got a playground in the outfield. Come on, kids. Let's go to Yankee Stadium. You want to go in the swing? I mean, come on, man. Watch the damn game. Right. It's, and everybody's it's... now... He's watching on TV, all the good seats. Everybody's on their cell phones. No one's watching a game. It's just too much to do in that stadium. It's Steinbrenner's Funhouse. Yeah. You know, uh, whatever. But couldn't they refurbish? All right, you want to knock, knock it down, the old one, but rebuild it on the same spot. That was hollowed ground. I don't understand. So we build it across the street. You couldn't build it in the same spot? Where would they have played? Well, remember we used to play in Shea Stadium and refurbished the, uh, the last That's stadium true. in 1977. Yeah. Sure, they could have worked that out. Well, I, I really like what Boston's I hate to done say to it. Fenway. I hate to say it. City Field is a little. I, I like City Field nicer than the Yankees, the New Yankee Stadium. Except you got airplanes flying overhead. Yeah, exactly. And the Mets are there. <laughs> and it takes an hour and a half to get to. Right. And the Mets are there. Right. Yeah, and the Mets are there. Right. <laughs> All right, uh, uh, Vic, we appreciate you could joining always, us. Hey, we could always be Mets fans, right? Yeah, true. it could always be worse. We could always be Jets fans like, like watch Scott. Watch it. Watch it. Oh, it's a, it's a miserable existence. Your videos would be much, I know. Your video, you would have endless content if you were a Jets fan. I know you're a Giants fan. You, you've had too many good nah, years. I don't, I don't bash the Jets. I just that New York sports in general, man, we, we got to get out of the doldrums here. Oh, my God. There's so many teams here. You'd think somebody other than the Yankees could be to could do something. Jesus. Well, hopefully this will be our year. This is hopefully, you know, who knows? Well, if they don't go to the World Series this year in 2019, I believe it's the first decade that they don't go to the World Series since they were actually the Yankees. Wow. Oh, we can't have. I never thought of that. Wow. Because they they didn't do it in the twenties, but they weren't technically the Yankees then. They were the Highland Highlanders. Right, right. And then every decade, even in the eighties, they snuck in there in the eighties. Right. Yep. Oh so, boy. Keep your eye on that. This wow. Year. Oh boy. We can't have that. No, I, I think they're. I think we they're going to at least uh, at least get the get the pennant this year. Yes, we must. We will. Got to be positive. Vic, All right, do, you have, Vic. do you have upcoming shows? What, what are you doing uh, oh, thank locally? You. I forgot a little about that. Yeah, give us, give uh, us, give us some, uh, some places okay. we can come and yell at you. January 26th, I'm going to be at College of Staten Island. Um, I'm going to local, I guess I'll give. Uh, then I'm coming to the Borgata in Atlantic City, March 2nd. Two shows are almost sold out. I'm all over the place. Just go to my website, VicDiBetetto.net. All right, Vic, we appreciate you coming on. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Hey, guys, thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show, we'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review in iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it. And go Yankees.